What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I am Chris. And I am Ben. And we're here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 150-something? I didn't actually do a rundown this week because we're going to do short form. We don't have a lot of time. Uh, but um, we wanted to get you a show out the best we could. Crazy schedule, especially the holiday season. So apologize for being late, but we're here. Better late than never. You guys know the drill by now. Uh, really, we're going to get into... We're not going to dig too much into uh, to week 13, only because it's been over a week, so almost a week since then. Everybody knows what happened. Uh, we kind of just be you know, rehashing things that everybody's already seen a dozen times. So we are going to get into the Urban Meyer stuff, obviously, and some interesting comments from Baker Mayfield. And then we'll go over Banker Tank, and uh, unless something else pops up, that'll probably take up the majority of our time. So <laughs> you were right, Ben. I know you love hearing those words. You were right. Uh, not that I disagreed. Uh, I think I figured it'd be more than a season. Uh, but you said you would not be surprised to see him fired uh, before the season was up, and Urban Meyer did everything in his power to make sure he was not he was not a Jacksonville Jaguar uh, by season's end. I think it's just the dynamic of him being a college coach and, and college coaches can work in the pros. It's just, you have to have a, a certain mentality and he clearly came in with the wrong mentality to treat these guys like, like the 18 and 19 year olds that he's deal with um, on a day in a doubt basis in college. And I think that's the wrong angle to go with. So, you know, kicking a kicker uh, to tell him to allegedly to tell him to make better kicks. Does it seem like the best motivator to, to help a kid out? Uh, especially, you know, Josh Lambeau being a veteran. I get it. He missed, he missed some kicks, but you know, that's probably not the angle to go with and benching a kid and, you know, we've seen coaches throughout history, you know, bench players for a half or a quarter because they fumbled the ball. But a guy like James Robinson, who went out last year um, and had a extremely productive year, seemed like a miss. And benching him continuously for sometimes no reasons, it seemed like, especially when you're a star quarterback – once him in the game, it just seemed like there's a lot. And we're just we're just covering the surface on those couple of issues. I mean, there's a lot more. There's a lot more underneath that we haven't figured out. Um there's a lot of of demons that are gonna come out uh as the year goes on. As some of these players eventually move on from their career, you're gonna start hearing some stories of of Urban Meyer that probably aren't going to paint him in a great light. Um, I just didn't. I thought he would get fired because he just couldn't. He couldn't control his team the way a pro coach kind of motivates and controls the team. He just he just wants to control everything, and and it just seemed like. From the onset of, of training camp and on, it just seemed like there was there's drama every other week with with Urban Meyer, and some of it was self inflicted. 
Oh, the, I think I think the majority of it, honestly, was self-inflicted, because the drama isn't in. Nobody had any, you know, disillusions that we're gonna get Urban Meyer in, and going to draft Trevor Lawrence, and it's gonna be a thirteen and four team. Like there's no disillusions on that. Uh, it isn't like a Patriots rebuilding situation where they brought in some key guys, they gelled, they they came together, and yeah, we're surprised the rookie quarterback's performing at the level he is, but also have a stellar defense and outstanding running game. That was not the case with Jacksonville. Jacksonville was a complete rebuild. And the losing isn't the issue. It's how your coach who's brought in to deal with uh, all the, the, the new personalities on the team and find the right players to mesh to make a cohesive team, uh, to continue year after year to draft players that fit the scheme, how he reacted to losing a few games. Now, I don't care that he's lost more in Jacksonville than he did this season than he did all the entire time he was at Ohio State. The fact that he comes in and he just he absolutely cannot handle losing. Nobody likes losing, but the fact he, he just cannot handle it to the fact where it, it, it visibly alters his mood on a, on a constant basis to the point where he can't even look Mike Vrabel in the eye this past week when he gets shut out by the Titans. Like, that shows... He does not have the mental growth or maturity to handle these young men and these young personalities coming into the game. Say what you want about guys like Belichick, okay? Every great coach has a touch of being an asshole mixed in because they have to, because they have to be tough. There's some players who've gone and, and complained, and you're, you're Asante Samuels, and who's that? Who's that loser who always talks crap about the Patriots but never did anything with them? Was it Cassius Marsh? Is that him? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Never did a damn thing with him. And just gets crappy tattoos and winds up they mistreating him. Okay. You're two of, like, how many? Randy Moss was there for, like, two and a half years and cannot stop gushing about how great much he loves Bill Belichick. And Randy Moss is a tough personality, according to – I never met the guy. According to a lot of people, right. he was a tough guy to get close to. Clearly, Belichick was doing something right when all this stuff, you know, all this racial unrest started happening. I mean, really picked up during, you know, a little bit after all this COVID nonsense started. Uh, a lot of players said how how comfortable they felt around Belichick because he told them, hey, look, you need anything. I have an open door policy. You're feeling any any kind of way. You're having an issue dealing with things. Come to me. So you can be tough but still have your players know you have their back and you're there for them. This wasn't Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer was, you're embarrassing me, you're the problem, I'm not the problem. No, dude, it starts with you. You're the coach. You're the coach. You're the head of the snake. It starts with, it ends with you. You do your job. You may not win games, but your team's going to look good on the field. That team was lost. I don't know how they won twice this year. I, I really don't. They make the Jets look like a Super Bowl contender. I know I really just said that. They are terrible. And it's not they have lack of talent. They have talented receivers. They have James Robinson. It's a stellar year last year. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence, who knows what he's going to be. The most highly thought of prospect in at least 10 years, I would say. And you got Urban Meyer out there like, oh, we didn't win a Super Bowl already. Just like kicking sand after they lose. Oh. I said to you, after I saw the Mike Vrabel thing, where he wouldn't even shake his hand, this guy's doing everything he can to get fired. 
he wants to get fired and he wants to go back and coach college because he wants to be able to be in complete control. He wants to be able to be as much of an a-hole as he wants to be, wants to be able to treat these players as poorly as he wants to and be worshipped. And it doesn't happen in the NFL, no matter what. He wants what Nick Saban has in, in Tuscaloosa. The problem is, is before he leaves, and, and I'm talking not the – I think he was at some lower-tier school before Florida. Um, but before he leaves, before uh, a, a story comes out or drama comes out, like severe that could cause him to get fired, he leaves due to medical conditions. Uh, when he left Ohio State, it was a year or two until he took this job. So he's he's been off doing uh, TV for for Fox, um, and I, I just I think I think what he we, what he ultimately hopes is just to go somewhere where he can just be Nick Saban and just run the place, run the university, run the state, and just be the guy. And not have to deal with any of these little dramas that pop up. Which, it, Chris, if we look at wait, you all, meant you meant you meant Urban Meyer, right? I meant Urban Meyer. Okay, I thought Urban so. Yeah, Meyer okay. wants yeah, yeah. to be like Nick Saban. Right, right. Um, but when we look at what happened throughout this season, that should encapsulate what probably happened. And I don't have no proof of this, um, but what probably happened at Florida. What probably happened at Ohio State. It's just he just needs to it, he just needs to be in full control and but he also wants to be urban and and I think that's his problem is he just he can't sustain himself somewhere. He can sustain success because the guy can recruit. He can bring players in top five star recruits, four star recruits. He can he can pump them through right into the NFL. Whether they'll be successful or not, that's up to the players and, and how they perform. Uh, which would be an interesting dive into see how his his um, products at Florida and Ohio State have performed in the NFL as opposed to other historic coaches. Because I'm thinking a bunch off the top of my head, I'm not seeing a lot of success. But to kind of to jump back to just Urban Meyer with the, the Jaguars, I think what what kind of broke the whole thing, and when I mean broke, I mean when Khan had to actually just end it, was that whole, you know, I'm a winner, you guys are losers, and he's referring to his, his, his assistant coaches. What have you ever won? Where have you ever won? And he actually reports are he actually – you know, pointed at each coach and, and asked them that question. Just that's so demeaning and, and unproductive. Yeah. And I don't know how how you can build a brand, build a, a a system in a in a franchise, and how that's going to have sustained success by doing stuff like that. It just because you and me can understand uh, when Brian Flores went to Florida, uh, went to Miami. There are some players who wanted to leave. You know, biggest one was Mika Fitzpatrick. Yep. He sat down, had a conversation with him. Hey, do you want to be here or not? No. Okay, we're going to make this happen. And they traded him. Uh, has it been successful 
as they expected? No, but they've built themselves a brand. They've built themselves up to a, a brand of football that, that Flores can get behind and he's building a structure, a team, and you just need the right pieces behind it to kind of finish it off. And I don't think Urban was ever going to build that because it's just he's so used to rebuilding each and every year. Yeah. Because of what the the the, the framework of college football, it just I just never saw him as a fit in the pros. You said I that just, from the, you said that from the start, even before so, we were recording. You text me and you're like, "This isn't going to work." <laughs> before he was even officially hired, when it was still a rumor, you're like, "Yeah, it's not gonna it's not gonna work." I know, and and you can hope that uh, um, I am wrong about it. You know, Matt Rule is still trying to navigate, and he's a college coach, but uh, he has some uh, pro experience as an assistant. So you kind of have to just – if you're ever a college coach coming to the pros, you kind of have to look at what, what Urban Meyer did and what Steve Spurrier did and, just, and Nick Saban and just think, if you're anything similar to that, maybe you shouldn't. Yeah, back back to your point though, and this this shows character the character of a person like a Brian Flores, like you brought up, as opposed to Urban Meyer. Brian Flores went down there to a situation. I know he didn't come from college, but still, he went to a Dolphins team that looked very, very poor for the previous few seasons. Looked lost, did not look good at all. That looked very, very poor. Did not, did not look good. Um, went down there and struggled his first year. But, like you said, got rid of players that didn't want to be there. They improved. Um, and improved and got better year two. And now we're in year three. And, yeah, they had some struggles earlier, earlier in the season. But they have solid foundations in, in, in certain aspects of the game. A solid defense. Uh, Tua was also hurt, so the offense couldn't run the way he wanted it to run. Like these things, you have to take these things into account. Never once did any report of Brian Flores demeaning or or or, or doing anything other than being a, a good, tough coach to his players come out because Flores understood the situation going in. Hey, this is going to be a rebuild. I'm not going to go in and all of a sudden win 14 games season week. You know, season two. Yeah. Urban Meyer can't handle it. Doesn't have the character. And a guy like Matt Rule, jury's still out, but Panthers offense, I don't necessarily think they should have got rid of Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I think they were hoping Deshaun Watson was going to fall on their lap as a po- and, and figure they get Bridgewater in that contract out of there. Um, hoping they get Bridgewater in that contract out of there. Um, and they did. And now they're kind of like, oh, Sam Darnold. And then after three games, Sam Darnold came back and was the real Sam Darnold. Uh, so the jury's still out, but that defense looks way better. Way better than it has the previous couple seasons. Uh, the offense, I think, is going to be okay if they get a solid quarterback in there. You never know, but they're not an embarrassment. The Dolphins are an embarrassment. The Jaguars, as an organization, from the ownership down, by the way, this is a team that was in the AFC Championship game five years ago. Trade away all their good players. Trade the picks away. Don't want to re-sign anybody. And then they bring this clown in the coach and and, and and groom what has to be the top quarterback prospect of the past decade. And they somehow thought this was going to work. Oh, and by the way, this whole drama isn't over because they don't just fire him now and pay him a buyout. 
they fired him for cause, which means they're trying to uh, say they fired him because he was detrimental to the team. Therefore, he will not get the remainder of his contract. If you think that's going away with a five-minute conversation between lawyers, think again. So Jaguars got themselves into a mess, and um, hopefully they make better decisions going down the road because if they bring in somebody else like Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence is just going to be one of the biggest what-could-have-beens in NFL history. Yeah, and you almost think that he might if, – if he sees the writing on the wall about the next head coach, he almost might try to force him himself out. And I'm not a fan of someone forcing them with themselves out, but a talent like that with, with potential to, you know, at some point maybe dwarf Patrick Mahomes' contract, he is not on a path right now no. to do that. and He's not on a path to – Dwarf Patrick Ramsey's contract, <laughs> and and I and I, if I'm an owner, I'm not trying to poo-poo all the college head coaches. I'm really not. But if I'm an owner, I have to look at the college head coaches, the candidates that come out, anyone who who shows interest in coming to the NFL. I have to take a big pause because some of the elite head coaches that have come out of college have not had success you're talking don't forget about bobby petrino oh who, yeah <laughs> who did not make the season well didn't he quit and then the next night he was already hired by another college college yeah yep yeah yep um nick saban who i think partway through one season bounced steve spurrier uh and now urban meyer like these if you go back to college these guys were top Oh yeah. Five, oh, top yeah. 10 college football coaches and they just the pressure and and the the mindset of, of treating the NFL players like they're 18 and 19 year old kids is is just the wrong way to go about it. I look at um, a prominent offensive coordinator now head coach at the University of Texas, Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, I believe it was two years or one year he was the offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons. And it was one of the worst, one or, or two of the worst seasons for Matt Ryan in his career. And he went right back to college. Yep. He went right back. It's like, mm -mm, no. So I, I can't imagine at any point his name is going to go into the bin of uh, NFL prospects because he already sees the writing on the wall. And, and that's what you have to do. You have to see the writing on the wall. Can my way of, of structuring a team and formatting it, translate to the nfl we understand the uh, college product is starting to translate to the nfl but that's formations that's yeah, play style right. that's 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 fine but it's it's navigating the off the field stuff that you need to be able to do and if you can't do that if you have a certain way of doing that and you don't think that's going to translate from 18 and 19 year olds to 26 27 28 year olds who are making multi-million dollar contracts yeah some of them, if not most of them, are dwarfing your head coaching contract, then you might really want to take a pause and actually think, do I really want to take this avenue and try to tackle this beast? But that being said, Urban Meyer has enough clout. He takes a year off. He goes on TV, goes back to Fox, you know, some college 
uh, that's in desperate need. That is a, you know, top 20 job. He looks at him and says, look at this guy. He, he's, he knows all about college football. He has dude, the, dude. the aura, the, 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 the charisma. They'll bring him right in. I guarantee it's going to be Michigan. Get... Michigan's next head coach. Don't you dare say that. <laughs> that is. Watch Harbaugh leave it a year or two. And have Urban Meyer come in. Because that then he be wants disgusting. to just prove he. I I I don't want to see it, but I'm saying. Throwing uh, up inside right now. <laughs> Ben's like, I need I need to take a pause from recording. I need to use the use a men's room. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's real quick on this. I was gonna ask you ask you, so you answered it before I even asked you uh, how long before he finds a job. Because I'd like to think that people would say, let's get everything, uh, kind of unfold before mm-hmm. we give this guy another job in case something crazy happened we don't know about. Let's let the stories come out because yeah. I don't know about you, but when guys like Marvin Jones Jr., who I've never heard anything bad about, no, I've never heard him to be difficult to, to to coach or to be a teammate with or anything. When he leaves the facility and won't come back and has to be coaxed back by the team and then shows up and immediately gets into a shouting match at Urban Meyer, that is a toxic, toxic environment. Marvin Jones Jr. is not a malcontent. He's not a guy who's out there causing trouble. You've never heard a bad thing about him. Again, I don't know the man, but if there's something bad, somebody would have found it. Uh, and when he's reacting to the coach this way, that's a problem. And obviously, the same day that came out, the same day he was fired. Yeah. Good. Um, and hopefully, this team has a chance to develop for their sake and for the sake of their fan base, uh, which I can't imagine there's a whole lot left. But anyways, um, and I think you're going to see an interesting dynamic in college football. Obviously, you're still going to have – they're top recruits that want to pit play for top, you know, universities because it's right. the prestige. And you want to say, I went to school at Alabama. I played for uh, Michigan. I played for Ohio State. I played for Oklahoma. I played for Texas, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And even if they're all not what they used to be, it's still a legacy. Um, but I think you're going to see a higher percentage now than you would have before willing to go to smaller schools because – with all these new rules that allow players to be compensated for their likeness being used and uh, for allows college players to make money, essentially, well, they couldn't before. And there's some kickers at smaller universities who are making real nice paydays, especially for college kids. Uh, you're going to see that now because a player isn't going to ha- go, well, I can be the third string at Alabama for three years or I can go to this divisions to a school in a pretty affluent area. <laughs> And and be a starter for two seasons. I'm gonna go there and do that. So I don't think you're gonna see the shakeup where like all of a sudden Alabama's irrelevant. I mean that's not gonna happen. No. But you're gonna see like look, Deion Sanders just got a top recruit that no, committed. No, no, Chris, Chris, no, no, he got the top, the recruit. top recruit. Okay. Number one prospect, cornerback. He got him. And I mean that's I mean according you. Because you got Dion, who is a corner, legendary corner, Hall of Fame player, and then this kid comes in. He's like, "I'm gonna be coached by one of the great corners of all time." <laughs> and, here's a, tu- you know, here's a and, touch yeah. of iron, a touch of irony, Chris. You know, the, the school that that Dion went to was Florida State. The kid committed for like two years to go to Florida State. Oh wow, really? <laughs> and Dion flipped him, and I guess when the Florida state job came open before uh, Dion went to uh, Jackson state, uh, he was denied. I don't know if he was denied an interview, but they basically just said, thanks, but no, thanks. We're not interested. 
because you don't have a, a coaching background. And Dion, I think they just, they're going to their bowl game tonight or they were, it was in last night and they won the SWAC um, in, in uh, FCS. So it's division two. Um, but this, this kind of thing, it, it puts everyone on the table. The NIL puts everything on the table. You can go anywhere and, and make that money. And Yep. And it's going to happen more often. It's going to happen it more often. And, uh, you know, say whatever, say whatever you want about Deion Sanders. You cannot like him. You cannot like his, his uh, you know, person. I personally, I, I'm a fan of the guy. I like the guy. But, like, say what you want about him. No one can ever, ever, ever say that man is stupid and doesn't know what he's doing. He knows every move he's making. And is, <laughs> he, he, there's not a single person all told throughout the history of sports who's better at branding themselves than Prime. So, um. Good for him, good for the school, and I think it's – I think, honestly, it'd make a lot more people interested in college football if there's a little bit more parity, and I think this can help that, personally. Yeah. All right, moving on to some games this week. Uh, there were three games yesterday that were finally postponed. Uh, the NFL – well, let's let's go back. The NFL earlier – in this before the season started in the offseason when they were adding an extra game because they were so concerned about health issues they wanted to make sure there's an extra game um they stated that if a team could not play because players because of covid uh that they would not reschedule games that team would have to forfeit well this got a lot of backlash especially from the players union as you can imagine uh and uh, that did not happen because they were trying to tell the Browns yesterday that with 20-some-odd players on the COVID list, and I don't know. We got to, first of all, we got to find another way to test this stuff, dude, because there's so many players that we didn't go anywhere, and all of a sudden they test positive. And then like a week later, they're sitting at home not able to practice, and they're, oh, no, you're fine. You just had two clear tests. You're good. So just something wrong with the testing. It's ridiculous. I mean, this has been a problem since the beginning, but that's a whole other story. Uh, but they, you know, Baker Mayfield came out, Browns quarterback, and look, I don't think he's an elite level quarterback, but I do like the fact that for better or worse, when he has an opinion, he comes out and says it and people, people don't like that because we're in a society where you have to sugarcoat things or you're offensive. Uh, I enjoy his straightforwardness and I do respect that about him. And he pretty much said to the league, you're so concerned about player safety and you say you're all about us, but you're going to add an extra game. You're going to do all this stuff to make sure you get to make more money off the game. But when it you, you're, you're going to allow the teams to still play and force them to still play when you know they can't put a good product on the field for money. And he was 100% right. I love NFL football. The NFL as an organization from Goodell down. If they ever did a Washington football team style investigation into the entire NFL and looked at all the emails, there'd be a lot of guys who got grudened. Trust me. Um, <laughs> and that may be coming. That may be coming, but that's a whole different conversation too. But uh, so they yesterday, after I would assume immense pressure from the union and public pressure, postponed uh, today's uh, supposed four thirty game or proposed four thirty game between. Uh, the Raiders and the Browns, they moved that to Monday. In two games tomorrow, I want to say it was Washington and... Philadelphia. Uh, who, that, who? Philadelphia. Philadelphia, Washington, Philadelphia. 
and uh, um, Seattle and uh, the Rams to mm-hmm. Tuesday, which, you know, football, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. So, I mean, I guess that's COVID's little Christmas present to us. Um, and then we take Wednesday off and we get Thursday. So, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, that was the one plus of last year was all the rescheduling. There was football just about every night of the week, which is pretty yeah. amazing. I'm fully on Baker's side here. Uh, I think that the league really, really cared about money or really cared about the players. Uh, there'd be a way, a different way of handling things. And um, just kind of a history of this where they say all these things. They say, we have to be better and we have to inspire a change. We have to do this. We have to do that. And it's great propaganda for the public eye. But the reality of it is, when you look at their business practices, um, they they are not exactly uh, in lockstep with their image they put out. So good for Baker for standing up and good for the people who had some pull for getting in there and saying, no, this can't happen. This game can't happen. We're not going to have a team going 30 players down. And then we're going to be told that they were false positives anyways. And then we lose a game because of that. So good for them. And... Stand up for yourself. Don't just take it. And and to put it in a football perspective, I mean, there are teams here that have their playoff hopes on the line. First and foremost, the Browns are just – they're fighting tooth and nail each and every week with the Bengals and the Ravens. And, you know, the Steelers, although they're not as good as they typically are, they're still a representative bunch that can put together a, a tough matchup. So – they have to win every game and they can't just they can't just go into a game with what 20 something players not available that uh-huh. that's a recipe for disaster um realistically you know could they have just expanded the practice squad to more players so that you have more players available under that kind of scheme you could could you expand the rosters even more to to have them prepared for game day, you could. You could do a lot of stuff. You could have just gave an exception for the next – each and every year you could renew this exception where, okay, we're still having this issue going on in the world. So let's have a rosters expand temporarily for this and and have an understanding that at some point the, the rosters are going to reduce. Or maybe – this promotes an opportunity for expansion. If you have these many players in the system, you know, when you feel like you're ready to expand, cause you know, they want to expand to Canada. They want to expand to Europe. They, they want the expansion. They want it worldwide. Ugh, well, I, I, you can, uh, no, I, no, I understand. No. I am telling you <laughs> what they want. Oh, I, I know. I know what I want. Oh, I know. No, but if you want to do that, then you need to, you need to have these games matter and they need to be played with the best possible players in each game. Now yes. we know injuries happen, but we're talking about something outside of injuries. And imagine if you had the 90 play, like you have 90 players in, in training camp. Like you imagine if you had the 90 players, obviously try to keep some separate, but under the same scheme, under the same game plan, uh, so that if you have 20 players go out in a matter of a week, which seems insane, but it has happened that you can probably 
have some reasonable facsimile of, of your game plan in place. Whereas right now you're, they're probably, I mean, heck their head coach is not uh, available right now. And that's, that's on par with a quarterback not being available. So you kind of have to, if you're the NFL headquarters, you have to understand that at this point, these games really, really matter. Yeah. And you made it a point to make every game matter especially at the end of the season, because now we're doing this round robin at the end of the season where divisions are playing divi- uh, division inside division. They're playing each other. And now, now you want these games to matter. Well, you have to make sure they're on the up and up and you can't just say, well, the Browns have 20 players not available. Sorry. You're going to have to forfeit. You get a loss, which in that division, oh, especially yeah. is yeah. huge. Yeah. And who knows if their players are going to be ready the next season, the next week. So, and, and then you alienate millions of people on a fan base, right? Which is the last thing you want to. do. That's what baseball does. That's the last thing you want to do. And look, I, if if these tests were one hundred percent accurate all the time, I'd be like, okay, whatever. You're talking about how many guys have come out. They said I feel fine. I tested positive, and they told me I couldn't play. I had to quarantine, stay away from the team. And then a day later, they test and they're fine. And it was like, oh, it must have been a false positive. That's happened more often than not with a lot of these. Some guys actually have it, and they're sick, and they need the rest, and that's what that is what it is. There's been a lot of cases where it's not the case. So what if you got a bad batch of tests or something like that, which happens, and all of a sudden now you lose a game, your entire season's down the drain, the entire fan base is alienated because you didn't want to wait two days when you had the ability to. Just didn't make sense. Not to mention player, uh, coaches' um, lives are at stake by – yeah. If, if you're the Cleveland Browns and you've been building this up and you're the owner, you just look at it and like, I've given you all this time. I've, I've invested. I've, I've gone on a limb on signing a player like Kareem Hunt. And we went out and got players. We went out and spent money on Jadavian Clowney, who's, you know, on-field motivations are, are questionable at best, but you have a, a player opposite like yep. Miles Garrett who right. can push him a little bit. And now you look at it as like, oh, you haven't made the playoffs yet again? Okay, well, maybe we need to move on to yep. somebody else who can. Or as much as we probably both agree that, that Baker's not the top of the uh, cream of the crop of the uh, quarterback position, he's playing for a contract right now. Right. He needs to fi- they need to find out if he's their quarterback for the future or do they need to move on. And he needs to kind of – put himself out there and say, you know, okay, if the Cleveland Browns aren't going to go out and, and give me that big money, well, then I need to to put my best performance each and every week, especially against the cream of their division, Ravens, the Bengals now. They need to – he needs to be able to, to put his performance out there and show the other teams, like, you know, if the Texans are looking for someone new, maybe the – the Panthers are trying to uh, move on from everybody and maybe they'll sign him or the Broncos, whatever team, whatever team it is, they need to have the best film available. And you can't do that if you're not on the field. So no, you need, you need to NFL needs to act right. Push these games that they need to space them out. Cause you're coming down to the, the, the end of the season and everything is going to matter. Yep. Like you said, especially in that division. And 
I think we had this conversation uh, last week or the week before where it's, you know, the Browns are in a weird spot where Baker may not be able to get them to, like, elite status because I don't think he's an elite quarterback. But he's better than anything else they could have in that position right now by far. And if they lose him, they take a couple of steps back because uh, he is a decent quarterback. Now, you'll get 20 a year. You'll get 20 a year just because that's that's the going rate. I mean, hell, yeah. backups are getting five and six right now. He'll get 20, 25 a year maybe if they're desperate if they have it uh, on a four- or five-year deal. He's not getting a, a Josh Allen deal. He's not getting a Watson deal. He's certainly not getting a Patrick Mahomes deal. And if he's willing to take that and take a three- to four-year deal, uh, if I were him, I'd push for fully guaranteed. That way you know you're getting that money. Yeah. I would take a shorter contract as long as it's fully guaranteed. I would do that if I were him. But uh, he hits the open market, number one. There's not a ton of teams out there that are looking for a quarterback where you'd be in a better situation than you would be in Cleveland with those two running backs, that offensive line, uh, and, and those defensive players. You're going to go to Washington, you're not in a better situation. You're not. Sorry, you're, you're playing for a great coach, but you're not in a better situation. So we'll see where that goes. But, yeah, that's this is big for them. And I'm glad they made the right decision um, because you have to put the best product on the field. And uh, baseball, if they ever play again, should um, should definitely take some pointers. But they've been able to the entire time when they haven't, so I, I'm not holding my breath. All right, on to bank or tank. As long as you're uh, you're all set. Uh, yeah, I'm all set. I okay. was just looking up to see if there's an update on the negotiations and there isn't nope i've heard that they met they met yesterday or the day before and then they didn't discuss any real financial situation it was pretty much just so they could get in a room and talk like they're i don't know like they're war generals or something it's like you know what go to hell yeah all right week 14 banker tank i was five and one what's that oh oh i I was thinking we're in week 15 but you're talking about last yep just reviewing last week okay Week fourteen, I was five and one. Ben was two and four. Tammy Ooh. was four and two. Uh, I am a, I am forty eight and thirty six. Ben is forty three and forty one. So I got a bit of a lead, but there's still there's still four four weeks left. Yeah, uh, and Tammy is thirty seven and forty one. So after a rough start, she's almost pulled herself to five hundred. So that's impressive. Uh, I have mine ready for this week. As 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 usual, I'll uh, I'll seed uh, to Ben and let him read his bank first. <clears throat> All right, I'm going with Joe Burrow, James Robinson, and Donovan Peoples-Jones. All right. I'm going to go with Tom Brady, Nick Chubb, and Debo Samuel. For Tank, I'm going to go with Taysom Hill, Zeke Elliott, and DJ Moore. I am going to go with Josh Allen, Jonathan Taylor, and Cooper Cup. Because all three of those guys have astronomical, astronomical – uh, projected points, and there's just there's just no way some of these players hit that, but they're not against those defenses. All right, well, we told you it's going to be an abbreviated version. Uh, yeah. We wanted to get a, a show out to you guys, so we apologize for being late, but you know things happen. We do the best we can. Um, so I was going to do it for episode 150-something. <laughs> like I said, I didn't do a rundown, so i got to check my sheet, but we're in the 150s still. Uh, if you have any questions for Ben or I, Anything you've heard on this episode, past episodes, or anything sports-related in general, we'd love to hear from you. And where can they get in touch with us? Well, you can hear us up on Twitter. That's at BCTSPod. Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. The website, BCTSPod.com. 
Instagram, Ben underscore Chris Talk Sports. Look at that. One take, Johnny nailed it. Hey, real quick, uh, I know what the holidays coming up next week. It's going to be kind of crazy. Uh, do you want to uh, just nix next week's show and I do one? Think... Yeah, probably just come back. Come back and uh, what would the date be? Let me check real quick so we can tell people. Uh, we'll come back on the. Would be a show on the 29th. We won't have one on the 22nd. We'll do one next week. We'll be back on the 29th. Um, as long as that works for you. I think it'd just be best. We've had, you know, everything's so crazy. With I, I'm doing a new job with new responsibilities. Ben is <laughs> his job. I don't want to tell anybody what you do just because that's not my place. Uh, but his job this time of year, especially, I can only imagine, is nuts. Uh, so it's complicated to try to find time to record. And rather than... Can you do it now? Can you do it now? Can we do it now? You know, but, but him and I back and forth, we'll just say, hey, next week we'll take next week off, and we'll be back, back New Year's week on the 29th with a new episode. And plenty to talk about, I am sure. So oh, yeah. if you have not done so yet and you feel so inclined, please go to wherever you download your favorite podcast, leave a rating and a review, and tell a friend to do the same, or ask a friend. Nobody likes, a, you know, nobody likes anybody being too bossy. Uh, but for Ben... I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy. We will see you right back here December 29th. Thank you.